This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by Drop and by ShipStation. Folks, science has finally done it. Despite outnumbering human beings and managing to colonize every continent on Earth except Antarctica, rats have, up until now, had to get around on foot like the animals they are. Human beings, meanwhile, have devised all sorts of ways to transport ourselves, whether that be by car, by plane, by train, by ship, by scooter, you name it. We're definitely smarter than rats. We are smarter than rats. Take that, rat viewers. And we've been selfishly hoarding all of this technology to ourselves. Until now. Because recently some scientists at the University of Richmond had the bravery, the courage, to uh, teach some rats how to drive tiny little cars. Oh, Stuart Little, he's coming to life. <laughs> Just look at that little guy go. That is one small step for rats, one giant leap for rat kind. Now, why, you ask, are we teaching rats to drive tiny, adorable little custom-built rat cars? First of all, why not? Obviously, you know, you would assume that rats would be smarter than mice, and the Stuart Little uh, movie is now solidified in the minds of millennials who are getting the opportunities to develop things in science. Yeah, so, why not? Yeah. yeah you, you, a rat driving car is cool. It's it's great. You can put so much pizza in that trunk. Yeah. Now, secondly, uh, it actually demonstrates that rats are a lot smarter than most people give them credit for. Or rather, more specifically, it demonstrates how flexible the, their brains are. We know that rats can learn stuff, like how to recognize objects and navigate complex mazes. But no one ever stopped to ask if maybe they could also learn how to operate a vehicle. And that's when Lyft and Uber stepped in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These humans complain too much. What yeah. we need is... Rats Rat, driving cars. Rats will drive for just a small piece of cheese per yeah. day and mm -hmm. save billions. Yeah. So uh, these scientists, uh, they built this very basic tiny car with three copper wires that, when touched by the rat, either go forward or steer left or right. It's, it's adorable. It's great. Now for the this. animal testing, folks. They're very upset. You know, the, one of the leading causes of uh, human death is car accidents, and now we're putting rats in danger. Uh, I think they're pretty safe. Although... You know, once once this research, I want to see this research continue. I want to see them put these rats behind the wheel of something that can really go fast. A rat Hummer. We need or like, a rat sports car. We need like rat NASCAR. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Dale Rat Earnhardt Jr. Jr. Just put them in little RC cars and race them. Yeah. So the, t the scientists here, they first rewarded the rats with Fruit Loops for simply touching the wires to make the car move. And gradually they advanced the rats' driving skills by building bigger and bigger driving areas and placing the food farther and farther away. The rats not only learn to drive and steer their car in new ways to reach the food, but uh, it turns out, and this is why the animal rights people should shut up, it turns out that driving is actually very relaxing for rats. Oh. The hormone levels in their feces showed that the driving rats were a whole lot less stressed than their non-driving counterparts because it turns out the joy of the open road, the Farfurgnurgen, as the Germans call it, it's a universal concept across all species. The problem here is that, you know what? Everyone used to love the wide open road in America. Driving was great, across the world even. Mm -hmm. And then you deal with congestion and traffic. And once these rats get down in their little sewer systems with all their cars and it starts backing up. Wide open. They're well, going to be a lot more stressed than they are now. Hey, trying to get some Subway pizza over here. That really brings uh, a lot of meaning to the word rat race. It does. Yeah. So yeah, rats who drive is now a thing that exists. And we have science to thank for it. I'm very proud of our scientists. I, I frankly welcome our new rat uh, equals yeah. to the road. Yeah, it's just like on a previous Tech News Day, I, I you know pondered how delightful it would be to see one of those uh, self-riding bicycles find a way to dock itself. It's just like, oh, well, look at that. That's funny. Now, when I see a rat driving a car, I will be equally, if not more, impressed by it. Yeah, they're very smart, it turns out. Mm -hmm. Good for them.
Good for the rats. Like I, I, I'd like to apologize to all rats for underestimating you all this time, and, mm-hmm. and frankly, for finding you disgusting. Yeah. And to be fair, we typically drive places for rewards as well, yes. usually monetarily, but yes. mo- money buys food. They're evolving quick. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. just like us. <laughs> rats, they're just like us. <laughs> but in other news about unusual uses of technology, for too long, wearable electronic wristbands have been solely used for physical fitness and tracking our military. Oops. Uh, but what about spiritual fitness? Introducing the Click to Pray e-rosary, the world's first smart rosary. And this is brought to you by Pope Francis himself, and therefore, by extension, brought to you by the Lord. If you're not Catholic and aren't familiar with praying with the rosary, it's, it's basically a series of prayers that you do in a specific order, which most people use traditional rosary beads to keep track of. The Click to Pray e-rosary follows this same concept with the band made from 10 prayer beads, adding up to what is known as a decade of the rosary. So what makes this rosary different, though, is that it features Bluetooth 5.0 and wireless charging, and it was created in collaboration with Acer. It comes with a companion app for keeping track of all those dang prayers, which is activated by doing the sign of the cross with the arm that's wearing the bracelet. I love it just for this alone. The thing activated. Broken. Yeah. I'm not doing it right. It's not registering it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, go. Mm. Other than that, though, it, it does all the normal fitness tracker stuff, like counting your steps. Uh, so that's nice, you know. Uh, the Lord wants you to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, if you're really itching to get this official Vatican wearable on your wrist, though, unfortunately, it's currently only available through Amazon Italy and from Acer's Italian website. Uh, and it goes for around 110 US dollars, plus whatever the shipping costs if you buy something from the EU. That, it never is there uh, a price you could put on the Lord. So. Yeah. Seems like a steal yeah. for your like, 110 US dollars plus shipping for your soul. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if that's still too steep for you, I don't know, analog prayer beads still work just fine. Uh, but they, to be fair, are not going to impress anyone at church next Sunday as much as this bad boy will. Uh, also, analog prayer beads don't feature a security flaw that lets any random person see your email address, phone number, height, and weight. Because that happened. <laughs> wow. Uh, though, to be fair, the Vatican and their crack team of uh, priests who also work in IT, they've since fixed the glitch, which was clearly the work of Satan. Well... That's good response time. A lot of companies will just let these things slide. Their uh, their transparency about it was uh, it was refreshing because it was like literally a, a Vatican employee, some priest. He's like, "Thank you for bringing this to our attention. You know, we're hard at work on it. You never see you never see real companies own up to no. their mistakes like this." Well, Catholics say, you know, they haven't been so good at keeping secrets recently. So no. they're just getting out in front of things. This yeah, time around. yeah. We we found that keeping secrets. Doesn't really work out for us. Eventually, so. people find out. The other problem and they're with very this, mad. The other problem with this is the uh, the fitness tracker. It, it tracks your steps, but it's always doubling it because, as we all know, Jesus walks just beside you, <laughs> leaving his footprints. So you just got to divide you, by you half. Do, yes, you do. That's in the fine print. Divide all step counts by half because Jesus is right there on yeah. your daily walk. Uh, anyways, moving on uh, to a less lighthearted topic: Amazon employees dying on the job. So maybe don't order those beads. I don't know about Amazon Italy, but uh, yeah. Since November 2018, six people have died working in Amazon warehouses, and the the latest one was 48-year-old Billy Foister, who suffered a heart attack while working in Amazon's Aetna, uh, Ohio warehouse last month. Now, obviously, when you've got a company as big as Amazon that employs over half a million people, odds are that some of those people are going to have heart attacks on the job. But the way this latest incident and uh, previous incidents have been described give the strong impression that Amazon just doesn't care. 
weird. Yeah. It's shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amazon warehouse employees are notoriously tracked throughout their workday to ensure that they're meeting all their quotas. With rosary beads. <laughs> now, according to Foister's brother, a few days before Foister's death, he had been reprimanded by a manager just two minutes after placing an item in the wrong box. So, they know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yet, when he collapsed from his heart attack, he was on the ground for 20 minutes before anyone even noticed. Taking another nap, eh, Foister? Yeah. Uh, by then, despite other employees using CPR and a defibrillator, it was too late, and Foister was pronounced dead at the hospital, hmm. which was very convenient for Amazon, as they're apparently now doing the thing that Disney World has done for a long time, where they claim that no one's died on our property. They technically weren't pronounced dead here. They were pronounced dead at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So... Still no deaths here. Yeah. You're going to have to talk to the hospital. <laughs> Too many people dying in hospitals these days. Disneyland is... We like, need to investigate the hospitals. Like, there's people who've gotten, like, dismembered at Disneyland, like, literally gotten their heads chopped off mm-hmm. in Disneyland as well. They didn't die here. Yeah. Their they heart died was at still the hospital. pumping. Yeah. yeah. Uh, according to a fellow employee working the floor at the same time, after the incident, everyone was forced to go back to work. No time to decompress. Basically, watch a man pass away and then get told to go back to work. Everyone, and, and, and just act like it's fine. Now, according Ugh. to... Foister's brother, he'd gone to the warehouse's medical center a week earlier complaining of headaches and chest pain, and upon examination was told that he was just simply dehydrated and just drink drink some water. Quote, he should have been sent to the hospital, not just sent back to work just to put things like toothpaste in a bin so somebody can get it in an hour. It seems Amazon values money way more than life. If they did their job right, I wouldn't have had to bury my little brother. Uh, Another man died at that same Amazon warehouse back in March under similar circumstances with the 911 call for that one featuring the voice of a supervisor yelling at everyone to go back to work. And uh, between just January and March of this year, the warehouse, the same warehouse, made 28 911 calls, including five instances of suicidal concerns about employees and another five on-the-job injuries. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like the Aetna, Ohio Amazon warehouse isn't the happiest or safest place to work. And uh, definitely not the kind of place you'd want to have any sort of sudden medical issue at. Because you're dying on that floor. But hey, I mean, that's the cost of same-day delivery, right? Nah. It's, it's, it's what we all chose. Sure. Now, because Amazon is such a large and diversified company, here's another dystopian Amazon story from a completely different department at the company. Amazon's facial recognition technology, known as Recognition, with a K, It was tested out by the folks at the Massachusetts branch of the American Civil Liberties Union on official team photos of players for the Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots, and Bruins. And 27 of the 188 photos scanned were falsely matched with individuals in a mugshot database. That is a 14% rate for false positives. Not great. Not so good, no. Uh, This study by the ACLU, it follows up on a previous one from last year where they fed recognition 25,000 mugshots along with headshots of every current member of the House and Senate. And the results falsely matched 28 members of Congress to mugshots that weren't them. Uh, Additionally, while only 20% of Congress people are people of color, 39% of the false matches were people of color, meaning that people who aren't white were disproportionately flagged as criminals. And, uh, yeah, the reason this should be concerning is that recognition is already used by a number of U.S. government agencies, including ICE and various local police departments. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Duran Harmon of the New England Patriots said of the study, This technology is flawed. If it misidentified me, my teammates, and other professional athletes in an experiment, imagine the real-life impact of false matches. This technology should not be used by the government without protections. Massachusetts should press pause on face surveillance technology. 
And yes, the ACLU is obviously an agenda-driven organization. And yes, Amazon's statement on the matter is that they are misrepresenting things. But it's it's easy to see how law enforcement relying on facial recognition technology might be cause for concern, especially if you're not white. There currently aren't any facial recognition laws on the books at a federal level. And Amazon itself said last month that they're drafting up their own facial recognition laws to pitch to Congress. Cool. Okay. Basically, they know it's coming eventually, and they're getting out ahead of it so they can essentially write the laws that will govern their own product, which is probably not the best idea. No, it probably probably shouldn't be like that. No. Yeah, cool. Cool, Jeff. They don't want it to be like that, but it is. Yeah. Well, Well, uh, in good Jeff Bezos news, he went to a high school for a presentation as a big surprise, and, like, none of the students even knew who he was. (laughs) So that's fun. This sucks. Where's Elon Musk? The only two kids in the class that knew he was were like, I saw you on the internet today. You suck. Yeah. Hey, egghead. <laughs> hey, bald ass. He's like, what'd you say? Yeah, what'd you fucking say <laughs> to me, you little bitch? And he beats your ass in your own school and gets away with it. He yeah, would, too. He would. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do about it? No, I, absolutely nothing. The cops all show up and, like, their body cams and shit. They just stop All working. Amazon. The Amazon gun won't fire. Yeah. You hate to see it. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for a little ad break. This episode is sponsored by Drop, formerly known as Mass Drop. Uh, they sent us the PC37X gaming headset, a collaboration between them and Sennheiser. And uh, this headset is great for gaming and, in our case, doing lots of internet research and video editing. They're very comfortable thanks mm-hmm. to the open back design that keeps things from getting sweaty and the soft ear pads that ensure they fit snugly on your head. When you're sitting at the computer for hours, you want comfort, and these have got it. Most importantly, though, the audio quality is great. Sennheiser has been making high-quality audio products for over 80 years, and it shows. When you're in-game, you can hear exactly where these footsteps are coming from, and the microphone quality is shockingly good. Uh, Here's a quick sample I recorded at home directly through the mic. Oh, hey, it's me at home, testing out that microphone for your ears. So, if you're in the market for a new set of gaming cans, we highly recommend the PC37X by Drop and Sennheiser. It's got over 10,000 purchases on Drop and loads of five-star reviews like the ones that you're seeing on screen right now. So head over to the link in the description and get $20 off your purchase of the PC37X. Again, if you're in the market for a great set of headphones, order the Mastrop X Sennheiser PC37X by clicking the link down in the description. And this episode is sponsored by ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. Time-consuming, expensive, so many carriers to choose from. Ugh. How do you know you're making the best choice? Well, that's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation gets your orders out quickly, saves you money on shipping costs, and keeps your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them easy to manage from any device, including your phone. ShipStation even offers big discounts on shipping costs. Now any business can access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for those large Fortune 500 companies. You'll always know you're getting the best deal. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time and with the best rates available. Right now, you, our viewers, can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code NEWSDAY, all one word. There's no risk, and you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in NEWSDAY, all one word. That is ShipStation.com, promo code NEWSDAY, ShipStation. Make ship happen. They said it. Yeah, you can ship your pants, like that old Kmart commercial. They didn't say that. No, you could ship your pants. If you sell your pants, you, you ship all... You, you, ship, you could. You ship yeah. your pants. 
Yeah. It's like, Kmart had a great ad campaign back then. Yeah, they did. Decades ago. They got away with it. They did. They did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, speaking of bad facial recognition, here's some bad news for anyone who put down money on a Pixel 4 pre-order. Did you do it? No. Neither did I. Uh, the face unlock feature, that new snazzy new feature that Google replaced their perfectly fine fingerprint unlock with, uh, it works if the user's eyes are closed. Okay. Meaning that if you're asleep, all someone has to do to get into your phone is uh, put it in front of your passed out face, and bam, they're in. It's going to be great for college parties where everyone's passed out drunk. Yep. Uh, Now, it's unknown why Google let this happen since Apple's face unlock feature, which has been around for two years, factored this in and requires the eyes to be open. Uh, But basically, as soon as tech journalists got their hands on the Pixel 4, they tested it out, and this became a known issue. In response, Google announced that uh, they'll be issuing a software update to fix all of this in uh, the coming months. Well, we'll get around to it. Yeah. Uh, in the no. meantime, just uh, don't die. Don't fall asleep. Yeah. Uh, this, this is one of the biggest problems I have with this new phone is I enjoy the fingerprint unlock, and I don't want this. Yeah. If so, I had this phone, I would, I would just boom, use the, the code or whatever. You know what? I hope this uh, iteration fails. Yeah. Bring back the fingerprint. Yes. Speaking of Google, though, they're, out, uh, they're, of course, notorious for coming out with products that people like and then, you know, discontinuing them. That's why everyone's worried about the Stadia. Rightfully so. Uh, they do this so much that there's actually a website called the Google Cemetery where you can scroll through all the things that Google has brought into the world and then killed off. It's like 180-something things. It's like crazy. A, like a terrible parent. Yeah, yeah, the latest examples of this are Google Daydream and Google Clips. Daydream is a mobile VR headset and platform that allowed for relatively inexpensive and decent quality virtual reality. During the peak of the VR hype around 2016, Daydream was a great way to dip your toes into VR and see what all the fuss was about. But the new Pixel 4 no longer supports it, and the Daydream View headset is no longer available for sale in Google's store. Ironically, the Pixel 4's specs, in particular the 90 hertz refresh rate, that would have been great for VR. But at this point, the VR hype has kind of died down, and there was not really enough to justify continuing all of this. Yeah, no one... Also, I I I still have mine. I haven't used it in a long time. I got screwed because I had the XL. It doesn't work right. Oh, really? You have to, to, like, position it in a really weird way to get it to work. Mine fits perfectly. It's like, it's only for the non-XL ones. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's only for me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Google Clips, meanwhile, was even more short-lived and even less appealing to the average consumer. I never even heard of it, I don't think. Oh, no, I did. I did. Yeah, I remember Yeah, this they announced it at, like, the Pixel 2 event. Yeah. I, it might even be the Pixel 3 I event. completely forgot about this. That's how... Everyone did. I've so, never even seen one in real life. Yeah. Nope. Me neither. No. I, you know, until presented with evidence otherwise, I don't believe anyone actually bought this. No. Released in February 2018, Clips was basically a body cam for non-police. It was a little camera that clipped onto your short or just wherever you wanted it to be. And it would automatically capture video clips at moments that its machine learning algorithm determined to be interesting or relevant. Sign me up. Yeah. It had no viewfinder, the video quality wasn't very good, and it didn't record sound at all. Also, it cost $250. Are you sold yet? Uh, yeah, it very much seems like this was just one of those products that Google released, knowing full well that they would discontinue it a year later. But in the meantime, hopefully enough suckers would pay $250 to basically be beta testers for Google's AI department to justify its existence. It's a really... Well, the whole thing was it wasn't about... I mean, maybe it was used for video, but it was about capturing... Uh, a, a moment that you wouldn't have captured if you just had your phone out or whatever. Yeah. And they, those natural happening moments. They marketed it very much like if families. you have little kids yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to capture their childhood mm-hmm. but your hands are full of like poop and shit. Yeah. You know, the, the clips will do it. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's 
just such a weird product. Yeah. But hey, uh, Google, they surely wouldn't do that same release it and then discontinue it after a year or two thing for Stadia, would they? No, no, Stadia is here for the long haul. They guarantee it. Actually, they have never guaranteed that. I'm talking out of my ass. Yeah, they, well. Uh, in fact, even though it's officially launching on November 19th, uh, it'll be a bit longer until Stadia is even working as intended, or at least the Stadia controller is working as intended. Now, when it was first unveiled, the Stadia controller was touted for its ability to wirelessly and seamlessly switch from gaming on your TV to your laptop to your phone because it works over Wi-Fi and not Bluetooth and therefore must simply be connected to Google servers to work. But it turns out, at least at launch, the controller will only work wirelessly if you're playing through a Chromecast Ultra. Otherwise, you're going to need a USB cable. So there you Great. go. Great. To be fair, the only people who will be playing on Stadia at launch, Stadia, Stadia, whatever, uh, are people who, like me, ordered the Founders Pack. Soccer. And it comes with a Chromecast Ultra, which I would enjoy the Chromecast Ultra, and it's more than half the price of the Founders Pack. Cool. All right. I am... Whatever you got to tell yourself. I'm diving on this grenade. I'm going to see if it works. Okay? You're a beta tester. I've got the fast internet. Beta! I've got the 4K... Beta! I need the Ultra, yeah, okay. and I get the cool colored remote that works with the Chromecast Ultra. Listen, I'm going to give my actual review of this. You know, probably, like I said, I'm going to give it to my brother who doesn't have a console. Okay. Anyways, uh, yes, this will hopefully uh, be fixed by the time the full launch happens. Uh, that's a few months from now, but it's it's uh, it is, it's not a great sign. I already anticipate that there's going to be tons of problems with this thing. Uh, I just don't trust technology enough to believe that this is something that will work. I'd love to be proven wrong. Uh, My first, the real test case here is that three or four days after this comes out, I fly home to uh, Florida for Thanksgiving. And so... Use your parents' shitty internet? So, yeah. So, that's the th- that'll be a real test. Is like, I have a Destiny cross save. I've been playing a lot of Destiny. Yeah. So, plug it into my parents' TV get like a 17-foot USB cable out. Or no, I wouldn't because the Chromecast Ultra. Yeah. But try to play Destiny in 4K at my parents' house and see if that works. And then, you know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It's a very specific test case that I'm going with here, but I am I am determined to see yeah. if this works. It's basically a, a virtual drop test. And you can't have it because pre-sales just uh, sold out on the Founders they Pack. They did. They did. Enough people are, I really want this. Well, they only made like 15, so. Okay. <laughs> Uh, in other news, uh, this whole Hong Kong thing, it's really shaken things up here in America, where we've all suddenly, much too late, collectively realized that the Chinese government has its hands in the pockets of most major companies, and therefore has a surprising amount of influence over those companies' political stances with regards to Hong Kong's ongoing protests. Whoops. Mm-hmm. And now, making things even weirder, is the fact that this controversy has created some unlikely alliances, at least in Congress. Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio Dorks. recently teamed up with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. to send a strongly worded letter to Apple criticizing them for removing a Maps app used by Hong Kong protesters. And then both Rubio and Ocasio-Cortez also co-signed another letter to Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick chastising him for that whole Blitzchung situation. Yeah. If you told most people just, I don't know, six months ago that... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would be teaming up with Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio to yell at Activision Blizzard because they suspended a Hearthstone player, you'd probably be very confused. But here we are. Yeah. They brought the American government together. Mm Mm-hmm. Thanks, China. Uh, Now, speaking of things we didn't think that we would see, Elon Musk smoking weed on the Joe Rogan show. That, of course, 
happened, and it remains immortalized as a meme. And it also set off some serious alarm bells at NASA because marijuana is still technically an illegal drug at the federal level. And the government doesn't want people with security clearances to be on drugs. Uh, it's highly doubtful anyone in the government saw Musk's awkward puffs on the Rogan show as a serious concern. But until federal marijuana laws are changed, protocol has to be followed. And now, 10 months later, we know that the safety audits that came out of Musk's puffs cost NASA $5 million. According to Politico, one industry source said it was the most extensive safety and culture review NASA has ever done, including basically a whole D.A.R.E. program type thing for SpaceX employees with security clearance. So if you were uh, looking for a new reason why they should just legalize it already, there you go. A CEO publicly taking an awkward puff off of a joint where he may have not even inhaled, it cost NASA $5 million. This guy is inadvertently causing financial harm all around him. It's just like a wrecking ball. This is like the one thing where I'm like, this is not Elon's fault. I mean, yes, no, he should have known better because yeah. what a waste of everyone's time. Yes. And NASA needs all the money he can get. Yeah. But like, also, come on. Yeah. Come on. But speaking of large sums of money, uh, Adam Newman, the ousted and disgraced founder and former CEO of WeWork, has been given a golden parachute of $1.7 billion mm-hmm. to sever ties with the company that he founded. Uh, this comes as part of a larger takeover by Jack- Japanese conglomerate SoftBank, who is heavily invested in WeWork and were clearly expecting a huge payday before WeWork's IPO went completely up in flames. Uh, you love to see it. I hate to see it for him. They doesn't also, deserve to uh, never work again in his entire life. Uh, he, was, he was already a billionaire. Now he's just extra billionaire. It all worked out for him. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's the opposite of a cautionary tale for yeah. tech CEOs. There's also a story about how they, they aren't firing employees because they can't pay their severance. Yeah. But he got a $1.7 billion severance, basically. Yeah. And uh, also I saw the most annoying picture ever of a workplace, and it was allegedly a WeWork place. And allegedly, people in the comments were like, I've been to a WeWork like this. There was a picture, and there's people working and like on their laptops, and there's like meeting rooms and stuff. But right next to that, there's a DJ playing and a fucking half pipe. Oh, it might have been WeWork, because I know like at least... Could you imagine working and there's someone fucking riding a half pipe and another well, they, person DJing? I don't know if they always did, but like early on when they first started getting big, there was like multiple times a week, like at the stroke of 5 p.m., mm-hmm. the entire floor would turn into a party like doesn't matter what your business is doing like it's party we're, time we're a fucking family here we work stop hard. working we play hard everyone get out here and do some shots of tequila and, and do a fucking board slide right now yeah it's ah uh, god real bad he yeah. it also came out that like adam newman like he was uh he was fully intending on like maintaining like a family dynasty in the company because he uh, uh there's like a, there's a type of stock you can only get as like Basically, an executive founder type person where you're able to transfer the stock to whoever you want. So he had this whole plan in place where, like, no matter what happened, he was going to set up these controlling shares of WeWork stock to be passed down through the generations of his family. Mm-hmm. He said at one of the uh, big corporate events, he's like, you know, 100 years from now, my great granddaughter is going to walk in here and she's going to see, you know, my legacy at work. Well, I as bad, as much shit as you want to talk about the guy, I'm sure he's not a great person. But also he's he's, he's got billions of dollars and he does. He's and, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, and his granddaughter will be fine. 
And, yeah. his, and his granddaughter's granddaughter will be fine. I mean, yeah, we work or not, this family is set. Yeah. All they had to do was talk about renting out office space as if it was uh, going to the moon or some shit. Yeah. Great job, uh, everyone. Great geez. job. Anyways, that's the end of uh, Tech News Day. Uh, we'll see you very soon for some more episodes. But, uh, yeah, uh, be sure to check out the recent episode of Weekly Weird News and also uh, check out the recent episode of News Dump. We did a stream with Jackbox Party Pack yesterday yeah. instead of the, uh, the Patreon. We had some members and some patrons join up. Uh, it's unlisted, but uh, we'll put the link in the description or something so you yeah. can watch that we'll if you really want to. Yeah, enjoy that, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.